You show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. Psalm 16, verse 11. Let me speak that again. You show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasure of living with you forever. Hi friends, it is so, so good to be back with you today and a massive welcome whether you would consider Oasis home or whether you're someone who's just joining us trying to discover is this somewhere you could call home. Uh, you're just so welcome here. And if you're on a journey in, maybe you've joined us whilst we've been online, please do make yourself visible to us as we're just loving meeting different people each week who've just joined us on this journey. And uh, we love the fact that God's using this moment uh, where we can't be in the same room together, which is painful, to cause us to still be able to reach out and welcome others in and to realize we're still building home together, uh, scattered, but still together. Um, Thank you also to Becca for reading that scripture so uh, beautifully. And in a few minutes' time, we're going to get to look at all that Becca has shared as we get to launch into this new series, Finding Joy. But before we get there, I just wanted to make um, a couple of comments, actually. Well, the, the first one was just, like, how good was Andy McCulloch last week? Um, I don't know about you, but it just did my heart good uh, just to hear him. But also, I don't want us to lose sight of... Uh, what he shared with us and the, the kind of call he gave to us, uh, that we're to live with a mission of hospitality. Uh, and I don't know about you uh, over this last week, whether you've been thinking and considering that. Maybe uh, you're someone who didn't get to listen or hear the talk from last week. I'd, I'd strongly encourage you to go online and, and to listen to the talk, because it will do you good. But I want us to hear that call uh, that we're to have a mission of hospitality like to hear it personally. This isn't about some, it's about all of us. And I want us to get hold of it, to pray into it, to say, God, how would you cause me to live out this call to hospitality? Hospitality to anyone and everyone that I meet, both in the church community and outside the church community. I think what an unbelievable privilege. And it calls us to live up to the wonderful name that we've uh, given ourselves of Oasis. And Oasis is all about bringing refreshment to people in places that can feel or seem like a desert. And I want us to live with that as we move on. And actually, as we're going to come to see this series we're looking at, I want to see is connected to this call to be to live with this mission of hospitality. You see, this series we're starting today is on the back of a word uh, that we're seeking to live with this coming year. In our Vision 2021 talk, I kind of spelled out how I believe God wanted to shape us more with his joy, causing it to be something that we receive, something we live in, and something that we bring. And with that in mind, I feel like it's deeply connected to all that Andy McCulloch shared with us last Sunday. And um, I felt God really speak to me through uh, a couple of verses in 2 Corinthians this last week of, of how joy and hospitality connect. And in it, Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 8 verses 1 to 2. And now, brothers and sisters, 
We want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. See, God highlights through Paul in this moment that for the Macedonian churches, there was this amazing moment of a fruit of generosity. But that fruit of generosity was birthed through their poverty combined with abounding joy. And I felt as I read that scripture, I felt God say, this is what I want to do in and through you as a church community. That includes me, Adrian Hurst, that God wants to do this in me, and I'm hoping he's going to do it in you through this series. That God wants us to understand that we come often in our lack, but in our lack, God meets us with his joy. And that as we come in our lack with his joy, it births generosity. A generosity that I believe is going to characterize our hospitality. And so it's that in mind that I want us to therefore launch into this series on joy. You see, we're going to not look at very like, specific passages. We're rather going to look at the whole of the Bible through this series. As what we're going to discover is there's this theme of joy that runs from the beginning through to the end. And it runs there because it characterizes who God is. That it, God is a God of joy. Like maybe you're joining us and you're trying to figure out who God is and you've come thinking, I, I thought God was like this ogre who's out to get us. Oh, no, no. God is a God of joy who's longing to cause you and I to be enveloped in that joy, to join him in his joy, to be characterized by his joy. And what we're going to discover week on week is that joy isn't some sort of fuzzy feeling. Rather, I love how a couple of individuals that I've read or listened to kind of define it. So Kay Warren describes joy as joy is the settled conviction about God. It's a quiet confidence in God. And joy is a determined choice to give my praise to God. And then I love this from Professor Willie James Jennings, amazing name, from Yale University. He says this, joy is an act of resistance against despair. Joy is an act of resistance against despair. And over the coming weeks, I think we're going to discover more and more of how God wants to define joy in us and through us. See, we're going to discover over the coming weeks of how we can know joy and hardship, that there are threats to joy, of how we fight for joy and how we share joy. But today I want to start by looking at how we pursue joy about our pursuit of joy. See, the reality is there is a universal desire to pursue joy. That there is a want within every human being to celebrate and to know joy. And often it can be that lack of that causes us to say, no, I want more of. And that's a fact I quickly Googled, like, what are the news stories over the last kind of 36 hours that have had joy in the title. 
What are the articles that have had joy in the title? You see, so often we just get in our newsfeed just the stories that seem to not have that in the title. And this is what I found in the last 36 hours. First title, The Joy of Working From Home Lunches. I don't know about you. Are you working from home? Have you discovered that joy of knowing that it's no longer What's the packed lunch that you've prepared earlier? But no, what are the feasts that await you in the fridge? Or another one, Yorkshire twins aged 92, full of joy at being reunited due to pandemic. Another one, how images of nature bring us joy. Next one, wedding joy for couple amid cancer treatment. And then last one, joy of Derby School at winning award. See, these articles reveal like what we celebrate, where we see joy. I also think they start to point to where we find joy. Like finding joy. See, what you find in these articles is that there's this way that joy is found in like food, in nature, in relationship, in key life events, in awards. And actual fact, like the Bible isn't silent about this. Like the Bible says there's these things that go on within the world around us and we're to find joy in them. The whole of the Bible starts in Genesis 1. Like, that's not a rocket science moment, is it? This isn't like breathtaking kind of teaching at this moment. The Bible starts in Genesis 1. Yeah, that is the very beginning, isn't it? But in that very beginning, what we discover is this announcement of joy in Genesis 1, verse 31, that through this poem that reveals the wonder of the God who created all out of love, out of this loving community of Father, Son, and Spirit, brings everything into being. In Genesis 1.31, sorry, it says that God looked to all that he created and declared that it was very good. Like, I love that word, very good. If you've ever met me, I kind of use it like it's going out of fashion. Why? Because it just sums up, like, the wonder of who God is, his delight and joy in his creation. I love declaring it over people. I love speaking it. Why? Because it allows me to catch something of God's heart for the whole of creation. He saw it and saw it as very good. And his desire then was for humanity to share with him in that goodness, in that joy of creation. Which is why you then find that the, the Bible then speaks through the Psalms and other places of how in Psalm 65, 13, there's a joy found in the flourishing and abundance of nature. In Psalm 92, 4, that there's a joy in the works of God's hand, in the beauty of creation. In Psalm 113, 9, where it says there's a joy as people find homes and family. And then Ecclesiastes 9, 7, that there's a joy in what we eat and drink. The Bible isn't shy at declaring there's joy to be found in the world around us. There's joy to be found in creation around us. And as it declares that joy, it kind of reveals the wonder of what that joy looks like. 
causing it to be revealed as something that brings contentment, delight. It's about abundance, about satisfaction, about happiness. Like God is a God of joy, and the Bible isn't silent about it. The Bible is saying, hey, these things that you see in the world around you that are calling you to celebrate in joy or to seek to find joy in these things. Hey, yeah, God created that so that you could find joy there. But the reality is that joy that we find in those places, that joy that we find in celebrating in those, like headlines of those articles, is momentary. can just feel so momentary joy. We can find those moments of like knowing joy and then it just feels fleeting as we become so aware of the fragility of the world around us. As we discover just again as that sense of like pain, of loss, of suffering around us. You see, the Bible isn't silent on that. It speaks about that as well. And you see, I don't need to like drum up like headlines of the news about suffering, about pain, about loss, because we see those. But to be honest, we also know those. We know what it is to feel suffering, to feel loss, to feel despair. And the Bible says like, That is a reality. You see, that Genesis 1 moment of the very good is sadly and quickly followed up by Genesis 3, where we see that very good rejected and an entering of brokenness to what was declared as somewhere to be placed with joy to then be characterized by brokenness. As humanity seek to say we we want to center our lives on who you are, God, and your best for us. Rather, we're going to live outside of your best. We're going to live how we want to live. And as humanity sought to do that and continues to do that, it caused design to break. This design that was out of love to bring us joy to break in order that there would be an entering in of loss, of pain of despair, of shame, and death. But you see, into this reality, into this reality that feels so familiar, of loss, of pain, of despair, and of death, God steps in. God's desire and design isn't to leave us in that broken state, but rather is to restore, to break in and restore that desire to cause us to be those that get caught up in who he is and the joy that he's longing to bring in and through us. What he does is says, no, I want to cause you to understand the source of joy. The source of joy, which is all that Becca spoke of, In Psalm 1611, see that source of joy is this, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. You see, joy is ultimately not found in the created, it's found in the creator. 
That's the point of what David's trying to say here, express here, is saying, actually, joy, God, is ultimately found in your presence. You who created everything, Father, Son, and Spirit, joy is found with you. And that in that joy, it's revealed through the whole of Scripture. What David sees and says, actually, no, it isn't just like the created which is there and we find joy in it, but that joy that we find in the created is always to point us to the creator and the ultimate joy to be found in him. And what you discover through scripture is that was always the goal. Like in Genesis 1, the, the declaration of very good was to then be enjoyed in the presence of God. Like the joy that was to be had in creation was in partnership with the joy of being in God's presence. That's what got broken in Genesis 3. But what we find at the very end of the story is the promise that in Revelation 21, it's restored. The joy is restored. Because in that restoration promise of joy is that you discover that we're back Humanity in God's presence, eternally able to see him face to face in this renewed, created earth that is full of his joy, characterized by his love and goodness. Where it's declared there is no more of the brokenness, no more pain, no more suffering, no more loss, no more death. Why? Joy's come. And it's in that joy that we need to bridge. Because you see, there's the joy at the beginning, there's the joy at the end, and there's this God who wants to break in and say, I want to restore this joy. And how he does that is through the person of Jesus. The restoration of joy is solely through Jesus. Like you see it in the moment where Jesus is announced, his birth is announced in Luke chapter 2, where it just says, like, angels cannot contain themselves. They just kind of break in and start declaring that Jesus has come and this baby will bring what? Joy to the world. And then you find that that joy is revealed in the most remarkable way through Jesus' life, through Jesus' death, and through Jesus' rex- resurrection. That through his life, death, and resurrection, he restores us in our brokenness to be made whole before God in order that we can know God's presence with us, in order that we can know the joy of him being with us and in us, but also the joy that what he's done through his resurrection is made a promise, a declaration, that now he's on the path of renewing and restoring everything. That everything that's promised at the end of the Bible, Revelation 21, where everything will be made new, where all of the brokenness will be gone, like it's happened through his resurrection. See, through that promise of restoration, it causes us, therefore, to be those who are knowing joy. Like, Jesus wants us to be that. That's why he says, declares in John 15, 11, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Like, this isn't just a joy, like, in Jesus. It's like joy of Jesus. That Jesus wants to characterize your life and my life with his joy. And that's why he's come and restored. 
Like we get to know his joy. His joy that he has always known of the Father's delight in him. The eternal love and delight that the Father has had in the Son, we get to know. Also, we get to know his joy in all that he's accomplished. His joy in all that he accomplished in the past in respect to his life, death, and resurrection. And the fact that it's changed everything for everyone, full stop. We get to know joy in that. We get to know joy in the present, that Jesus is with us. We get to know joy in the future, that Jesus promises that he will renew everything. Death does not have the final word. Suffering does not have the final word. Loss does not have the final word. Despair does not have the final word. Jesus does. And he's going to make everything new. And he's going to fill everything with his love and joy. Like, how good is that? And like, this isn't something we have to convince ourselves. This isn't like a mind over matter thing. No, no. This reality of what Jesus wants to bring in us in order that we would know his joy and it would overflow from us, he comes and brings by the Spirit. The God who is Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes and dwells within us to cause us to experience and know this joy of who Jesus is and all that Jesus has done which gets us to this point of pursuing joy. See, we get to be those who are invited daily to receive everything of who Jesus is, to receive the joy that Jesus has and say, would this characterize my life? You see, I'm trying to do this more and more. You see, I can so easily get focused on my circumstances and surroundings. And I can spend my time just like praying into those and saying, God, would you change this? And that's not a bad prayer. It's actually a very good prayer to say, God, I trust you with this. But what I'm trying to do is to start off by saying, rather than rushing to just my circumstances, my focus is on that. I want to focus firstly on who you are, Jesus. And the joy that you cause me to know. The joy of the Father's delight. The joy of what you've done in your past. The joy of what I know in my present through you being with me. And the joy I have with you for future. And that then causes me to see the present differently. My lack, his joy, births generosity. I say the other way I think we need to do and live in this joy is through song. And in a moment, I'm going to hand back to Abby and the band Sounds like a cool group, isn't it? Abby and the band. And they're going to lead us in a song of joy. I was listening to a lecture by Professor um, Jennings. And in it, he talked about spaces where we're able to empower one another, to live in joy. And one of the spaces he talked about is the sonic space. Like, that sounds cool, doesn't it? The sonic space. Like, we never talk about that, do we? Like, we say, we're now going to worship. What about if we just said, now the sonic space? Sounds a bit mystical. But what he's saying there is it's the place of sound. Like, there's something in sound. There's something in song that as we come together, we're able to celebrate and marvel in the joy that we have in God. And it does us good and it does others good. And this moment can sometimes feel like we're being robbed as we're not able to gather to sing together. However, I believe that God still wants to cause us to know this joy in song. 
I believe in this moment we are to come in faith as we're scattered into our different homes and places, that we come by faith together and say, as we sing, maybe I'm silently singing out of tune where I am, that I'm coming, singing out of tune, knowing I'm joining with a company of people who are declaring, actually, no, my joy is in Jesus. And his joy is in me. And as we do that, it becomes that declaration, an act of resistance against despair. So can I encourage you, like, where you are, why don't you stand? Like, I can't get seen if I get stand, but why don't you stand where you are and say, in this moment, I'm acting with resistance against despair by singing of joy. And where you are, like, sing from your your lounge, your bedroom, your kitchen. Maybe you're part of the crowd, uh, the in-person in the front of South Street. Unfortunately, you can't sing. You get to hum and speak the words, but it's still the same moment. So to, over to Abby and the band. Let's sing our songs of joy.